three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. And today, my guest is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling, founder and CEO of Unlock the Game. I was just on his website, and I saw Richard Branson. So welcome, everybody, Ari Golper. Thank you, Simon. Pleasure to be here. Appreciate you having me. Amazing to have you here. We have just met. We are in a mastermind together, but you are such a heavy hitter and relevant person in the field of sales. And we love sales. It is so relevant. And yet it is so hard for many, but it's so needed right now. So tell us everything. What are you currently working on? Well, you know, I developed a concept called trust-based selling uh, 20 years ago and have lived the field ever since. And so my whole concept is that the, the idea is you don't have to chase the sale anymore. You don't have to put uh, hard techniques to make the sale. But if you focus on trust building, you can generate more sales. So the whole concept I'll share with you today is about how do you uh, generate new clients without chasing them, without closing them, without proposals. So I have a method of something called the one call sale that I'm working on where you can actually eliminate the sales process to one phone call and bring a client on board without pressure. So that's what I've been working on. It's been great so far. Oh, that's amazing. All the pressure is gone and it's just one call. Beautiful. Yes. Tell us more. Well, uh, assuming you have a call with somebody that's scheduled, uh, you can. there's a way for you to be able to build trust with them on that one call. Um, by basically repositioning yourself like a doctor-patient relationship. You're the doctor, they're the patient. They're coming to you for a problem. So rather than you presenting your solution so fast, what you do is you basically unpack their problem and you go deep, about five levels deep, called the iceberg, where you go down the iceberg and you build trust with them by basically having them share with you what their challenges are, but you don't just... Um, stay with this top of the iceberg, you go down below the iceberg. So someone says to you, for instance, I'm having challenges right now with my sales. You'd say to them, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And they start to tell you, well, I'm, I'm plateauing right now. Sales have slowed down. You say, well, how long has that been a problem for? Well, the last few months. And how much do you think you've lost so far because of this? probably $50,000 say, well, what have you done so far to really try and address it? And, and they tell you, and then you ask them the final question, which is, is this a priority for you to solve once and for all? And that is going down the iceberg where they own the problem and they, they want to solve it. Then they say to you, how can you help me? That's how you sell with trust without trying to sell your solution first where they ask you for help then you offer the answer beautiful and you go down that path and on the way you build trust and then if you have a solution then you you invite for the solution beautiful i was on on a on 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 this on a stage a couple of days ago and i was number five in in talking so uh -huh. number one on the stage was chris voss the famous negotiator so yep. I had the chance to hear his his bit, and it was amazing. Yep. 
He said, the first thing that he asks in a call is, why do you want to work with me versus somebody else? And he specifically names his two competitors, uh, Harvard and Wharton. And because he wants to know the why behind it. So it's similar to your process. It goes into the why. And and he says, basically, you find up you find out very quickly if they are serious or not serious. And if they are serious, they will tell you why. And if they're not serious, then they will do something like, well, this is what you are going to tell me right now. And then, you know, okay, they're just um, get, searching for information, but this is not a really trust-based situation here. Uh, how do you filter before you decide to spend that half an hour or that hour of a sales call, how to filter or not to filter at all? Well, within our approach, within within the five, 10 minutes of the conversation, see most people in sales, what they do is they build rapport first. They're friendly. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Spend a lot of time trying to build a relationship at hello. Our model is you do not have to create a relationship with anybody pre-sale. That's post-sale. You can separate the relationship from trust. You only focus on trust only. So in our approach, when someone you have a call with somebody and you begin to say hello, the first thing you say is you put the ball in their court. You say, can you tell me a little bit about your situation, about your story and your current business model? And we'll go from there. And you have them start talking about themselves right away. And you listen very carefully for any issues or problems they might be having or challenges around what they're looking for. And the moment you hear the challenges, then you go down the iceberg and you ask them if it's a priority or not. That's how you immediately identify if it's a fit or not a fit very quickly in the process. What about establishing criteria who can hop on your call? Uh, in the first place, the pre, the pre. Sure, that, that. that's more pre. That's more pre-marketing, where you want to obviously identify your ideal client in advance. Maybe go have them go through a few hoops. Like for instance, for us, we make sure that they're they're at the right target range. We have a book that we mail them in the mail. We do quite a few things to make sure they're pre-sold on us in advance of the call. So we do a lot of work around what we call trust authority how to become a trusted authority to your ideal clients in advance of the call. Uh, that way, uh, they self-select in many ways because they know what you're all about. And if they're serious, they come forward. If they're not, they usually don't. Cool. So we, we don't need pressure. It's just one call. We listen, listen, listen. When we get that clue for the pain, then we move forward. What happens next? Then when they say to you, how can you help me? And that's the key. You're not allowed to offer a solution until they say to you, how can you help me or how do you work? When that happens, then you then what you do is you say, if it's okay with you, can I walk you through our roadmap of how we help our clients like you solve your problem? And then you create what I call a sales roadmap. A sales roadmap is a visual tool, like a small flowchart where you actually uh, show the client visually or the prospect what your process is to solve their problem. It's not your solution, not the benefits, not the features, 
not the demo. It's not, and that's the difference. It's not your solution. It's the process for how you solve the problem. For instance, uh, if you're a consultant, you might show a visual roadmap and phase one might be a deep dive assessment. So first phase with me, you and I is I do a deep dive assessment, identify what your problems are in a deeper way, identify the milestones and key priorities, then we go from there. Phase two is we do a, a plan, a plan of implementation to begin to prioritize what to work on first for the highest ROI. And you guys go through each phase and you walk them through the process for how you solve their problem. At the end of it, you say to them, what are your thoughts on the roadmap so far? So you've not talked about your solution at all. You've only talked about the process for how you solve their problem. And so they're buying your process, not buying your solution so quickly. And that's what eliminates resistance and objections. And they're trusting you more because you're not pitching them a solution. Because here's the thing, the whole time they're asking themselves, do I trust him? Do I trust him? Do I trust him? They don't really care about how you solve their problem. What they care about is, are you the one to solve the problem? See, we think they want to hear about our solution. So we say, let me tell you about it. It's fantastic. It does this, it does that. But in reality is they're not qualified to determine whether your solution is best for them or not because they aren't experts at that. Only you are. So the whole key is how do you take out the pitching part and focus only on them trusting you enough to do what you recommend them to do. So we have to hold back, not, not go with the excitement. Oh, yeah, 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 I have the solution, here it is. But hold back and say, wait a moment, wait a moment. They are now, right now they are testing if they can trust me. So what are the trust building elements? Like I was just on your website, I saw some people that gave you authority and um, are, are these the elements how wh what are people looking for when they when they search for trust well, we have three core principles that we teach to our members and our clients number one is always be diffusing pressure in the conversation meaning when you sense resistance or pushback uh you always you don't overcome it you diffuse it so if someone says to you for instance your price is too high rather than saying to somebody, well, let me explain to you why we're high or we can lower it or try and justify it. What we say instead is, you're absolutely right. It can be perceived as high. If you haven't had a chance to actually use the solution to solve your problem, you're right about that. So you diffuse it, you don't overcome it. And that's, that's the number one principle. Number two is, is what I call getting to the truth with people. And that is many times your potential clients will not tell you the truth. They tell you only certain things you want to hear to get you to start talking about your solution. So your job is to build enough trust with them, stay present, let go of your goal, and go deep with them around their problem so they feel comfortable telling you everything of what's going on. And the last core principle is the idea of not being a pitch person not doing a 30-second commercial, but instead being what I call a problem solver, where what you're focused only on is how to unpack their problem, amplify it, build an ROI around it, so they, they realize that it's something they have to address and are serious about. And if they own that, 
then they'll ask you for help. So the whole concept here is not to chase them, not to close them, not to persuade them. That puts pressure on people. It does not build trust. Instead, you let them come towards you by you having a different approach, like a doctor, uh, diagnosing the problem first before the solution. Diffuse the pressure. Don't overcome the pressure. Beautiful. And what about all the other objections? What are typical objections your clients get and, and how to overcome them? Sure. So a classic one is uh, we're already using somebody else. Thank you. Right. And when that happens, people usually say, uh, well, wait, we're different. Or hold on a second. Uh, we're cheaper. Or we, we try and defend. We try to overcome. See, in our world, we don't defend it. We diffuse it. So if someone says to us, we're already using somebody else, what we say is, that's not a problem. Not a problem at all. That's fine. So first step one is you diffuse the pressure. And that 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 surprises them because you're not defending yourself. They kind of go, what? And then you say, I wasn't looking to replace who you're currently using. I just wanted to see if you'd be open to a different perspective that you may not have access to now. Would you be open to that? So I diffused and re-engaged. I didn't try to overcome. And I preserve the relationship over the sale. So relationship first and opening the door for the conversation to continue. Yes, without getting into a conflict and defending myself and lowering my price. And at which point you direct into the closing phase? So um, the nice thing about this approach is you don't have to control the process to the end. Because if you lay out the roadmap and it's clear and they appreciate the fact that you're not trying to sell them or close them on the typical presentation, what they usually say on their own will say to you, if it's a good fit, they'll say to you, how do you work? Or how do we move forward? Or how much does it cost? So they on their own will, the whole idea is to have them ask you for a next step versus you have to close them. My whole premise is the sale is lost at the beginning, not at the end of the process. People think, oh, I'm not, I'm not closing. How do I close them? And I say, no, if you don't build trust from the beginning, you already lost them over here. So that's why it's so important that you uh, have a mindset where you let go of your own goal in the beginning. You go deep with them, uh, hello down the iceberg. So it's more of a Socratic method of eliciting them to ask you for, for, for work. Yes, and by doing that, differentiates you from everybody else because they're expecting you to give them a sales pitch. And by not doing it in itself, they say to themselves, wow, he's not even trying to pitch me anything or sell me anything. I really like this guy. He seems really genuine and authentic. And that's how, that's why it's a very open, authentic approach because there is no hidden agenda. The goal of the sale isn't here. The shift is letting go of your goal and being with them present 100% in their world. Most of our clients, they have two calls and they close in the second. The first one is around half an hour. The second one is 45 minutes. 
in, in, in your method, how long is this call? And is it one or is it a series? One call, one hour or less. If you're really good at it, it can be 30 minutes. And my best students, they're 15 minutes, 15 minutes. It depends how good you are at listening, how, how well you understand the problems of your market and your bedside manner. Bedside manner means how empathetic you are and how you're able to hold back from not prematurely offering your solution before the process unravels. What about case studies in this hour? Is that an element to tell about other people in similar situations that had that problem and what happened there? I just had a financial advisor just this week on my private clients uh, who has lots of leads coming in, referrals, LinkedIn opportunities, but his conversion rate was very low. He couldn't convert them from the first couple calls. He was sending proposals, uh, follow-up. His sister was calling, and, he, and they would always say, I want to think about it. I want to talk to my wife first. It was always excuses. And I had him record his phone calls, and he played them for me on our call together, our consultation. I That's what I do. I, I listen to recorded phone calls. And if, I, if you heard that call, you would cringe because he's a nice guy, but he kept wanting to educate, educate, educate. He was doing what I call free consulting. Mm. Free consulting is a mistake pre-sale. He was trying to give deliver value pre-sale. And I tell my clients, do not deliver value pre-sale. Instead, provide clarity on their problems. Clarity on their issues is the value, not educating them on your solution. And that's a big shift because we're so used to trying to provide as much value as possible, hoping they, they buy because of that. But the problem with that is commoditized. Everyone's doing it right now. So you got to flip the switch around that. That's very different from most people are doing right now. And so if they ask are for advice, we try not to give too much value there, just showing the process. Look, step one would be, step two will be at step three, you are there. The only purpose of the phone call is to diagnose their problem and have them own the problem and accept to fix it. The goal is not to educate them on your solution or why you're different, your case studies, your stories. You see, the world's become so commoditized. No matter what you do, it's hard to distinguish you from somebody else because the client can't discern who's the best, who's not the best. So you're trying to show them so much credibility, they feel pressure and they feel overwhelmed. So. My, I teach my client. I tell my clients, credibility has now been officially commoditized. Instead, your only thing left to differentiate you in your business is your sales approach. If you change your approach to a trust-based approach, like I'm teaching that, that becomes unique in itself, and that's how you define your category of one approach versus having someone else try and convince them you're the better than you. What we get asked a lot here in the community is, okay, I have a, I have a wonderful trust-based flow of 40 minutes and then minute 44, 
they say, oh yes, beautiful, I'm gonna discuss this with my partners and get back to you. I in, love that one. In I your method, uh, we have an answer to that, but in your method, what, how, how to handle that? Sure, so that's a great one, I love it. And I, by the way, I've got a cheat sheet with all those objections with my words next to them from my clients, but uh, that one's a great one. So if someone says, you know, I discuss it with my wife or my partner, right? The first thing you always say, first of all, when you get resistance like that, is always this. And that is the phrase, that's not a problem. That's the yeah. first thing you always say when someone says to you something that's pushing back. You say to them, that's not a problem. And you relax. And they kind of go, they get confused. They go, what? And it, it diffuses the pressure. Then you say, uh, no problem at all. That makes a lot of sense. When you do speak with your wife or your partner, what kind of questions do you anticipate them asking you? Yeah, we'll discuss, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll get back to you in two weeks. No problem. What first? Let me just share it. Let you know in advance. I want to apologize. I want to apologize because I, it may be I may have missed something or not given you what you needed. Is there any anything specifically on my end that you felt was unclear that I missed because I may have missed something uh, along the way? It, it's all clear. It's just such an important decision, you know. Absolutely, I agree with you. No problem. That sounds good. Would you be open to the idea of us possibly scheduling a chat with yourself and your wife, say two weeks from now, to kind of answer any questions she might have? There'll be no sales pitch at all, just a chance to kind of reconnect again. I may have some more ideas for you, and I could answer your questions as well. Would you be, Would you be open to that? Sure. Let's Let's find something in two weeks. No worries at all. So scheduling a follow up. That's the you you in my world you only have what i call a calendar relationship with your prospects you never let them off the calendar the moment they're off the calendar you're chasing them and the whole thing gets ruined so we have languaging like would you be open not would you be interested would you be open to the idea of scheduling a chat together See, the way I, the language that I'm using does not contain pressure, momentum, or closing words. The words we use open a dialogue. The word open replaces the word interested because open doesn't force them to a yes or a no. So the words that you use makes them feel comfortable agreeing to a next step. So did I understand it correctly? You have some hard elements. That's just the calendar piece. We need an the physical, the scheduled next event. Everything else is super fluid and it's the it's open, it's trust-based, it's the opposite of pressure. Whenever you feel pressure, you diffuse it. Is, is that basically the method? That's, that's the core, yes. And that's also, there's a mindset shift too with that because it's not just techniques. Mm -hmm. It's letting go of your objective mm. and being present with them 100% in their world and staying in there as long as you can. That's where the real trust is because mm. they have to feel from you that you actually care about them. Like really care. It's not a trick or technique. It is a truth. If they don't feel that from you, they can sense you're doing it as a game. That, that triggers my curiosity because... 
my impulse would be I show them how much I care by delivering value. And and this is where you say, no, 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 no. You show how much you care by carefully listening and carefully visualizing the process. That is enough for them to see that you really care? Or, or do they have the hope? Yeah, but let's see if he understands the content. Well, no. See, if you unpack their problems deep enough in the beginning, they're going to say to themselves, he really understands me mm. more than anybody else I've spoken to in the last three months. He's the only person who spent the time to really understand the depth of my issues. I trust him. Then I'm going to ask you, how can you help me? Then you show the roadmap, not the solution, not the service, not the product, the process for how you solve the problem. There's no resistance because it makes complete common sense. And you're moving all the resistance from that. And most likely, if you do it right, you should get at least a 75% conversion rate if they're qualified. And what makes the difference? Is it the quality of our diagnostic questions uh, which convey, oh, this person is asking the, 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 the most precise questions or the most relevant questions? Or is it just our openness to really to really be a container for whatever they bring? Okay, very good, very, good, very good question, Simon. It's two things. One is the languaging. Of course, the questions that you ask, because you have to know in advance what the core issues are that your, your market has, so you know where to take them down that path. The other thing is, yes, you have to have the patience and being centered in yourself, not to let your own needs take over you, to jump in too quick to pull them down your process. Because sometimes when we hear a potential client describe their problem to us, we say to ourselves, I can help you with that. Perfect. Oh my God. I got the see our instinct is to jump in the minute we hear the problem. And that's the, that's the problem is where you lose the sale at hello. So what I'm suggesting here is you have to be able to learn how to detach yourself from your own goal and be present with them a hundred percent like a doctor. If you go see a doctor, they don't write a script to you or prescription to you until after they fully diagnose the problem. They are not ethically allowed to offer any medicine to you until it's clear. Yeah, and I know this excitement, yeah. hey, 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 I have helped hundreds of people like you exactly with that problem. We have to hold that back a little bit. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's the consultant's superpower and the exultant's excitement, of course, because you know you have the solution. So it's, it's really important to be... Well, the real key with that is you have to make sure they're a fit with you. So the, our whole premise is when you have a call with someone like that, your mindset is, I'm not sure they're fit with me or not. Mm. That's how you start the call in your brain. You say to yourself, I'm selecting them. They're not selecting me right now. It's a shift. This is also really important. You are not begging for work. You are going through a medical diagnosis and the medical selection. And then you have to... So... What's the mental model? How are you, are you, are you asking in a way that makes them, makes it 
openly clear that they are now qualifying or not qualifying for you? Do you? Well, what you're, not really. It's not about qual qualification. It's about amplification. Well, you're amplifying their issues so they understand the full breadth of what their own problem is. Because in most cases, you probably know this, but most potential clients will tell you what they want, but it's not what they need. They don't even understand their own problems many times. Uh, and so our job is to help provide clarity to them on what their real problems are by knowing their issues more than they know themselves. That's the bridge that takes you to a whole new level that no one else can. Now, how you do that is you basically identify the three to five core problems that your market has, that most of your prospects have, and you have them in advance written down in front of you, and you have five or seven questions underneath each one of those. So when you meet, have a call with somebody and they say to you, my challenge right now with my business is we don't have enough leads coming in. You know leads is a problem in your market. And you say this, you say, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And they start talking and talking and talking and talking. And then you say, you're listening carefully and say, well, how many leads do you have coming in right now? And they say, very few. I say, how many is it? 10 a month. And of those 10, how many do you convert to a sale typically? They might say two or three. And I'll say, nicely, I'll say, well, what happened to the other seven? And they'll feel this, this, oh, um, see, now I'm taking them to a place where even themselves have not gone before. I'm helping them get clarity on the value of solving the problem because they're now losing money by not identifying why they're not converting enough people. So that the key is to triangulate the issue at a, such a tight level that even themselves don't understand it as well, very well up front. Very powerful. And it's a great method, trust-based, diffuse the pressure, and it's all trust-based. And do not get excited about the solution too fast. Try to find out if they are a fit. Yes. I am so curious who you pick for the strategy award after one word from our sponsor. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. You can pick only one person. Who do you pick? Who, who, who I felt provided myself the best strategy? The, the strategy award goes to people who, when everybody's zigging, they are zagging. But from your perspective, they are doing the right thing. Okay, so... Uh, one of my mentors and good friend of mine, his name is Perry Marshall. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was one of his students, first students 15 years ago. And so he has very much done the zigzag, zigzag, and he's very contrarian. And so uh, I, he wrote a book called 80-20 Sales and Marketing. I was in that book, by the way. And and all of his, all of his ideas are principle-based, but they're contrarian. And so I've admired him very much and how he always makes sure he does not follow the, the crowd he always has his own unique ideas and he solves problems in different ways. Perry Marshall. Big fan of him. Beautiful. And now I'm curious about the integration of the marketing and the sales. Because you say, okay, it's one full hour. So that 
that better be a very qualified person that we spend an hour with. How do you? Well, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be shorter, but I'm just saying, yeah. So uh, up to an hour. Sure, sure. Uh, and and how, how do we make sure we are not wasting their time and our time? We are just talking to the right people. All right. Well, it, like in our case, for instance, um, all of our opt-in forms, when they enter our world, always has a drop-down that says, what is your annual turnout revenue? So they're selecting right away how much their business is earning. So we know what the level of uh, their earnings are, and we can know whether we want to talk to them or not. We have a model for uh, sifting out those who are qualified and not qualified. We also ask the question in advance in the forums. It says, are you a salesperson? Uh, do you have your own business? Do you have a sales team? So we have little um, inroads. We take them down to make sure that those who are fit our profile, we speak with, and the rest go into our funnels for a lower price point. So we have a, 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 a membership program entry point for our online courses called the Mindset Club at the lower, lower point of the price point. And we have consulting at the higher point point. So we kind of divide them up depending on uh, the criteria they select. So they they do not land in the call if they are, do not qualify for your high high ticket. If they don't select, if they select employed by somebody else, we do not talk to them at all. They go right into our membership program and access our online courses. Yeah, and that's the bucketing uh, that you do upfront. And what about getting people in or all the, how do you get people in, in the first place to be interested and to qualify? Well, we have multiple sources uh, after 20 years being in the business now, but we have, uh, we run Facebook ads. We have obviously referrals, LinkedIn, our current clients. We have about eight different sources right now of leads coming through our business. Uh, we keep adding more all the time. Obviously interviews like this podcasts, um, but the nice thing about the market now is there's so many different avenues. Uh, and and then, as you probably know, stability is diversity. The more sources of leads you have, the more stability you have. So we're always adding as many as we can. We work on a new book coming out soon, a, a TV show as well, all those kind of things. And Facebook rather than LinkedIn? Because I would think for a B2B high ticket sector, uh, LinkedIn is, is where most business owners that you want to work with hang out. Uh, you'd be uh, we we have obviously efforts in there as well, but you you'd be surprised how many owners, entrepreneurs, and business owners are looking at their Facebook feed every single day. Hmm. You you'd be shocked if I showed my lead list. We had ten leads yesterday. Eight of them were all owners of business. And we cross checked them on LinkedIn, and they're all legit. Everyone's left Facebook because they think the quality is bad, but there's still some good stuff in there if you know how to target the right audience in the right places. Absolutely. Are you using Clubhouse? I just found you on Clubhouse. Are you using it? I just joined that recently through um, an invitation and I haven't sort of developed it yet, but um, I want to start getting into that. How about yourself? Yeah, I, I'm just exploring it. I will have this Friday, the first event there. I'm going to invite you. We talk sales, so it, it will be fun. Fantastic. And what I have seen so far is that many people are there. They have 
and surprisingly big amount of time per day to hang out there. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of eyeballs, a lot of attention and high quality people there. Yeah. I am. I also see that most people don't have a plan yet on how to make business out of it, but now right. it's the attention phase, you know, it's, it, it's open, it's not, not crowded. So yeah. you get attention, you get good conversations going and converting sure. is another, is another topic, but starting them hot. Yeah. Yeah. Still learning how to, how to build the audience around that. We can talk about that later on maybe, but yeah, I'm still learning all that. Yeah. And I, I guess the, the game right now is to find out how to use the bio. So when you flip it, you are talking to somebody, you flip it, you say, hey, who is this person? Oh. And now the game is in these seven seconds that they're checking out your bio, how oh. you get them into your real world can be uh, over Instagram or, or, or getting them oh. to your real funnel, actually. I see. Right, right. Moving them from one place to another place. Yeah. What, what's sense. the role of email marketing in your in your business? Is it a core element? Uh, well, obviously, we get opt-ins every day. Uh, our list keeps building. Uh, but the only thing is deliverability is very low, as you know, with email these days. Mm. Um, you know, very small percentages actually open, click, and all that. So we don't depend on that anymore. We do a bit of direct mail. and we. But we our, our number one point of conversion, which is our core expertise, is the one-call sale. So we can get them to a phone call. We know our chances of conversion is 75% plus on top if they're qualified. So um, we just focused our on our special what we know the best, which is the phone conversion. I am I am now training salespeople, uh, and the hardest skill to really convey. So there are some easier skills like the technique, the flow, the the script. Um, the, the objection handling, but then there is this one that you mentioned is the hardest one. The, the inner letting go of the want to close. Correct. How do you train that? How long does it take? How, and how do you do it? Is it months of, of, of so we have, we have a program called the mindset Academy right now, six month certification program where we help people work on just this exact issue, which is only the mindset. Because it's like detoxing, it's like de-brainwashing because we've been so brainwashed by the cult of sales, you know, the old gurus who taught us to chase uh, and the numbers game and rejection is normal. We're so conditioned to believe it's a war, it's a fight. And what happens is the salespeople carry what I call sales armor on. They protect themselves and they're ready for the fight all the time. That's why it's so hard to kind of detox them, but we have a process and a methodology that we do to be able to help people, what we call get to the truth. So we have calls twice a month for all of our members to kind of work on the mindset where they bring us their challenges. We, we kind of dissect it and help them realize they're the problem, not their product, not the prospect, not the quality. See, they try and blame everything else but themselves. Oh, I poor qualified leads, uh, can't get them on the phone. You know, they're, they're, every excuse in the world except for their own, their own mindset. And then they play their phone calls. They bring their calls live on their call and they push play. And I listen and I say, stop the tape. Right there, you jumped in too fast without, they go, oh, yeah, right. So the only way to do it is to catch them in live recordings or live calls. Because that's when they realize the mirror is in front of them and they catch themselves for the first time.
Yeah, this happens to us all the time. So where can people find your program? And especially who should submit to your program? Is it the CEO? Is it the salesperson? Both? There's a place for everybody. Uh, as long as you're open to challenging your current your mindset, your construct, and you know that chasing isn't working anymore, there's uh, if you go to unlockthegame.com, there's a free intro course that you can get right away. You can watch a, a presentation for an hour and learn some new ideas, concepts, try it right away, test it. If it works, then you can access our membership club, which is right next to the homepage there, and you can access the courses and then learn from there. If you're a CEO or have a sales team and want to customize this to your own team, there's a button there for a free consultation in which you'll talk with me or one of my team members. So there's different routes depending on your level of interest and your level of authority. Super cool. Thank you, Ari. Good stuff. Good stuff, people. If you want to improve your sales, check Ari Golpa, unlock your game. And who should be my next guest? Perry Marshall. Oh, yeah. I would love to have Perry here. I'll, I'll if you want, I'll connect you to, to, to together if you like. Please. Yes. I love his 8020. It was one of the most influential game changer for my own business. Absolutely. I'll be happy to. Thank you so much, Gary, for being on the show and sharing this beautiful, applicable, trust-based sales technique. It takes away the pressure from us. It's really just human to human, and uh, it is so much needed. It is so relevant. Thank you so much, Gary. And uh, please come back soon. Love to. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach.